the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. everybody another al gatulo craft beer cast and it's on am 970 the answer we've got a fantastic show for you tonight craft beer guests that will be joining me this hour and the usual news and notes to get to but first how can you follow me it's easy on twitter at al gatulo instagram at gatulo that's g-a double t-u-double-l-o facebook.com slash ag craft beer cast uh email at albertgnycradio.com don't forget itunes and google play just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can find all the shows on those two platforms. The song that you are hearing to open the show, if you're a hockey fan, if you've been a hockey fan since the 70s, you will instantly know this song. That is Brass Bonanza. That is the theme song of the now defunct Hartford Whalers, uh, who are now the current Carolina Hurricanes. And the reason why I played that song today is because the guy who composed uh, that particular song, Jacques Say, passed away at 94 uh, last week in Brussels. 94 years old. He wrote the uh, song in the mid-'70s, and apparently uh, the Hartford Whalers enjoyed the song so much they used it as their theme. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, yes, the state of Connecticut actually had a hockey team in the National Hockey League. They were first in the World League, um, uh, World Hockey League, and then uh, the, uh, the World Hockey Association, the WHA, I believe. And then uh, they became uh, they were folded into the NHL. Uh, in 1979, they played until, uh, I think it was, uh, well, I want to say it was 93 or something like that. I can't remember when uh, the Hartford Whalers' last game was. But anyway, that was their theme uh, to their uh, to their hockey team, and it is instantly recognizable when you hear that song. And apparently, uh, as, uh, as he was also known by the pseudonym of Jack Say, he says he never received royalties for the song. Pretty interesting. So uh, J- Jacques Say, uh, dead at the age of 94 years old, so a little tribute to him as well. Now, our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, first up, Jay Wolf. He does sounds for a number of different breweries in the Hudson Valley. Jay's going to chat with me about the latest from Chatham, Adirondack, and Millhouse Breweries, along with a great blog he runs uh, to let folks know what is going on beer-wise in the Hudson Valley. Jay's also going to be doing double duty. He's going to also join me for the Suds and Duds segment this week. He's brought down some beers for me to try. That's coming up. In about 10 minutes. At the bottom of the hour, Ben Clark, the brewmaster from Flying Dog, joins me. He's going to talk about what's going on with this great brewery out of Maryland, and that happens 20 minutes from now. News to get to, and there's a lot of it. For the past three months, a lot of beer geeks in New York City baffled by a particular question. Why did McKellar uh, brew two beers exclusively for the Mets' home at City Field? Now, the beers apparently brewed in San Diego, yet they were sold at City Field at the Empire State Craft Stands, uh, which exclusively sold New York beer. Well, we have finally know the reason why. McKellar Brewing NYC is going to be opening at City Field. The brewery is going to occupy the south venue at City Field, which is a 10,000-square-foot space along 126th Street between the right field and bullpen gates. Uh, the unleased space was previously used as an event venue uh, for Mets Hospitality. portion of the space is going to be dedicated to a 20-barrel brew house, 
fermenters, a canning line, the first brewery McKellar has built on their own, a tap room with 60 taps serving house beers, other uh, other brews, plus a kitchen. Uh, apparently, the brewery hired a taproom manager, began to establish a stronger brand presence uh, in New York City. But the brewery is not just going to be open during baseball season. It faces outside of the stadium, has street access, so it's going to be open year-round, and it'll mark McKellar's third brick-and-mortar brewing facility. They're second in the United States. Uh, the Danish outfit uh, operates the War Pigs Brew Pub in Copenhagen and a production brewery uh, in San Diego. So very cool. They had announced that on the seven lines Orange and Blue Thing podcast. Uh, They hope to have the brewery open by the end of this year. Uh, But right now, if you want to try a couple of their beers, some of them are in the city. You can also check them at at City Field. Henry Hops IPA and the Say Hey Sally Pills uh, around New York City. Very cool. McKellar going to be at City Field uh, brewing beers. That is definitely a destination for me. I have to check that out. Uh, Funky Buddha has announced the return of Sticky Treats, their rice and marshmallow blonde ale. Uh, that is coming up tomorrow. They're going to be releasing that in their tap room uh, starting at 1130 in the morning. That's on Sunday. Uh, 22-ounce bottles will go on sale for $7 a piece with no purchase limits, and then it'll hit statewide distribution in Florida shortly after the tap room release. My good friends at Coronado Brewing, as we continue on with our uh, news and notes segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Coronado's 21st birthday is this year. And uh, they have come out with their 21st anniversary limited edition Imperial IPA. Uh, They are also hosting an anniversary party. Now, the beer available uh, uh, for the first time in uh, canned six-packs, 12-ounce six-packs, in addition to 22-ounce bombers and on draft. They're also going to host an anniversary party at their tasting room in Bay Park, San Diego. That's going to take place Saturday, July 29th from 2 to 7 p.m. Uh, $10 tickets include admission into the event, a beer ticket, and an entry into a raffle for Coronado Swag. Uh, they're going to proceeds from the raffle will benefit the local chapter of the Surfrider Foundation. 25 beers on tap, casks, all kinds of good stuff, local music. They're going to have food trucks as well. Uh, of course, all the information for that available at CoronadoBrewing.com. The Imperial IPA is going to have an 8% ABV with a 68 IBU, so a little bit less on the bitterness scale uh, for this one, but uh, very excited. And they also announced they will be selling in Minnesota. They have partnered with Clear River Beverage. Uh, they will distribute uh, their award-winning craft beers. You're going to get uh, Guava Islander, Stingray IPA, Coastwise Session IPA, Seacoast Pilsner, Orange Avenue Wit, Islander IPA, bunch of stuff. It is their 16th state for distribution, Coronado, the only new state that's being added uh, this year. Uh, Heavy Seas Beer has uh, re- reintroduced their seasonal offering, Treasure Fest, and it's an Oktoberfest-style lager. Limited release will be available starting in August. Uh, Treasure Fest, an American spin on the classic German style. It's brewed with imported German malt, uh, lavishly hopped with a blend of German hops in the kettle, and dry hopped with American hops. Uh, 6% ABV, a 35 IBU, and they suggest the proper glassware for this one would be... Yes, you guessed it, a Stein. I love the fact that they suggest the glassware that you should drink your beer in. Very important when you're drinking uh, specific type of beers. By the way, also Heavy Seas, if I'm not mistaken, they are going to be redoing one of their tap rooms uh, to, to increase their capacity of how many beers they have on tap, casks, all kinds of good stuff. Definitely have to get down there and check that out. That could be a full trip uh, for the wife and I. This is a very cool story. Modern Times Beer. Uh, announced last week the implementation of an employee stock option plan. That gives workers a minority ownership stake in the company. Uh, The move makes the four-year-old beer company the first employee-owned brewery in the state of California. Uh, In order to form the ESOP, 
Modern Times repurchased 30% of its total equity from 11 silent investors via a bank loan from Comerica and cash from the company. Uh, Modern Times founder Jacob McKean has retained a majority stake in the business, 30% of the company transferred into an ESOP. And McKean said in a press release, it is the single proudest achievement as founder and CEO of Modern Times. Uh, This allows Modern Times, which grew 82% in 2015, sold 40,500 barrels of beer uh, to retain its independence while providing its initial investors with an outstanding return. So those silent partners are getting back money on the deal. Obviously, that's why they invested into the company. Uh, he said the uh, McKean said the ESOP would reward employees, enhance the company's culture, and create quote a sustainable ownership structure that will replace me when I'm ready to move on unquote. None of the other options that he had explored uh, offered that. Um, he had been exploring this for about 15 months. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the employee ownership program will be instituted with a retroactive starting date of January 1st of this year. Harden is, uh, this is significant because employees become particularly uh, partially vested, excuse me, tw- at 20% after two years. And McKean uh, says that virtually every single employee will be eligible to obtain a piece of the company. Very, very cool. And he said there aren't many places where a bartender can earn an equity stake in one of the fastest growing companies in a growth industry. So this is great. So what's great is this joins a growing uh, list of craft brewery owners uh, have chosen to turn their companies over to its employees. Uh, Deschutes, uh, Harpoon Brewery, Left Hand, uh, New Glarus, Alaskan Brewing Company, Voodoo Brewery, uh, Odell Brewery uh, Brewing, uh, which is a partial ownership, and New Belgian and Switchback are wholly owned ESOP companies. So very cool uh, for the folks at Modern Times. That's definitely a place I'm checking out when I head to San Diego at the end of this year. And finally, Sam Adams having a long-shot American home brewing contest. That was created 21 years ago. This year... Sam Adams is going to award the most passionate home brewer uh, for a one-week brewership, a brewership, excuse me, uh, a fully immersive brewing experience at the Samuel Adams Boston Brewery. That's going to give one home brewer a chance to work alongside their award-winning team of brewers in the Nano Brewery, Ten Barrel Brew House, and Barrel Room. There's lots of other information as well. Uh, if you want to know and how to enter, you have to get your video in uh, by July 25th. Just go to samueladams.com slash longshot uh, to be uh, to uh, you know to get more details on the um, on the contest, how to enter, and how to uh, you know get your video uploaded so that Sam Adams can see it. So very cool news and notes. Got lots of other news and notes uh, coming up on next week's program. But when we come back after a short break, Jay Wolf's going to join me, folks. Just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with Sal Albanese, former city council member and 2017 New York mayoral candidate. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 9 on AM 970, The Answer. Worry less with Liberty Mutual Insurance. Oh, I'd be a nervous wreck if my daughter just got her license. You know, Liberty Mutual actually helped me relax a little bit. Liberty did what? Yeah, with roadside assistance, Liberty Mutual is there to make sure she won't get stranded. Don't know what I'd do without it. Sounds better than the alternative. Which is... Keeping her home until she's 30? (laughs) Visit us online to get a quote. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Optional 24-hour roadside assistance coverage. Coverage is underwritten by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company. New York has the finest. New York has the bravest. 
And now for the first time on AM 970 New York, has the boldest hour. Tune in every Sunday morning at 11 for bold talk and bold ideas with your host, Correction Officers Benevolent Association President Elias Husamidine. Elias will cover topics that affect New York City correction officers, the public, and New York City officials. Don't miss COBA's The Boldest Hour, Sunday mornings at 11, here on AM 970, The Answer. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Monday, July 17th at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. At Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Tuesday, July 18th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And on Thursday, July 20th at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at albertgnnycradio.com. Don't forget, we are on Google Play and iTunes. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single Craft Beer Cast right from there. Now, my next guest on the cast, we actually met via uh, Facebook. And he's got a really cool story. He works for a bunch of different breweries in the Hudson Valley. Chatham Brewing um, it happens to be one of them. There's a bunch of others. Uh, his website, drinkhv.com, is the website for more information. tells you all about uh, the different things and happenings that are going on in the Hudson Valley. So let me welcome in Jay Wolf to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jay, welcome. Thank you, Al. Thanks for having me. Oh, let me... Pop your mic over, see, because Jay's actually in the studio. We very rarely have studio guests, so I'm not used to turning on somebody else's microphone. But Jay, how you doing? Good, man. It was exciting to get back into a radio studio. See, I now, miss it. Uh, now let me and let me ask you that. You were working in radio before you started working in beer. So how did you get started in the beer business? So I, I um, worked. Uh, well, I have a, a former, well, a still ex ex family okay. down in Long Island in Patchog. So right. from being in radio before I got out of it, I did a podcast. Uh, kind of know how the business works a little bit, so mm-hmm. we ended up getting sponsored by Blue Point. Oh, cool! Just for me going down there and kind of hanging out with at the brewery and meeting right. the people who work there. Um, and from that, we would go down and do our show live at like their Cask Festival, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. we got to know all the local breweries down there. And in the meantime, in the Hudson Valley, we were just starting. This is about about ten years ago at this point. Uh, in the Hudson Valley, we were just starting to grow our own scene. You know, we had some new breweries popping up, right. and so I started a website, Drink HV, Drink Hudson Valley uh, just to kind of help promote the local scene, just because I'm a beer guy, and hey, I got all these cool new breweries popping up around where I live, sure. and it's kind of exciting, and I just wanted to help grow the scene. Uh, and from that, I ended up meeting a guy who runs a, a chain of stores called Beer World up there, which are amazing, huge like supermarkets of beer. 
I've heard uh, some people have told me I need to go and visit one of those. Yeah, the they're... Kingston store is unbelievable. It's like fifteen thousand really? square feet of beer. Really? Yeah. I think I passed it on the way up to the festival last year. Uh, I'm not. Is it right in the middle of Kingston? Yeah, it's uh, it's on on Ulster Avenue. It's kind of across from the old mall. That's sort of slowly becoming like a zombie mall, like okay. Romero esque. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, but, unfortunately. But yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing. And I met the guy who did that. Uh, did marketing for the stores, and then we started distributing a couple of local brands. And from there, I ended up uh, going full time and kind of starting my own thing and working for Chatham and Millhouse and Poughkeepsie, mm-hmm. uh, Adirondack up in Lake George, and uh, now I kind of work with those guys. And, and I still kind of run the web, run the website. And very cool. Now Adirondack, I've had a lot of Adirondacks beers. Uh, a buddy of mine lives up in uh, Schenectady uh, or Alf- Alpeus, I think it is Alpeus, Alpeus. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, I, I quote him every week on the show. He's going to get mad at me because I pronounced the name of the town wrong. But whatever. <laughs> um, but I've had some stuff from Adirondack. Uh, you were kind enough to send me some stuff from Chatham, which I've had one already. And then uh, we're going to get into some other stuff because Jay's actually going to stick around for the Suds and Duds segment later on in the program. And we'll talk about uh, some of the different beers that he's brought. We'll sample them uh, right here live on the program. Now, um, how has the state of New York, New York and New Jersey, two really, yeah, they're two different states, but even in the beer business, they are entirely different in terms of the way they run their uh, beer operations. New Jersey has about uh, 80 to close to 90 breweries that are, o- that are open or going to be open, uh, whereas New York has well over 300. Governor Cuomo has done a really good job in, in the last couple of years in improving uh, the beer business, where New York for years was known as the, the winery capital uh, you know, in, uh, in the Northeast region uh, specifically. Um, how has it been for you and the breweries that you work with with uh, with uh, Governor Cuomo cutting a lot of the red tape. Uh, oh, got to pop that mic back on again. <laughs> it's uh, it's been great. I mean, he's relaxed all kinds of laws. Um, he stood. They started the farm brewery license, which allows uh, breweries to to benefit from you know get tax breaks from using local locally grown grains and hops, which is great. It's loosened up some of the laws in the tasting rooms, so now these smaller breweries can offer New York State wine and spirits in their tasting rooms mm-hmm. and stuff from the other farm breweries and wineries and cideries that kind of thing. Uh, that's great. He's kind of opened up uh, the the way the laws work as allowing people to work for multiple breweries, which is kind of like what I do. Uh, and just everything he's done so far has been has been pretty beneficial. So We're talking with Jay Wolf. He works for a bunch of different breweries, as he mentioned, in the Hudson Valley. DrinkHV.com is his website. For more information, you'll learn all about uh, what's going on in the Hudson Valley in terms of beer, what uh, breweries are opening and doing different tastings, uh, et cetera, et cetera, here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, Jay, it's a question I ask a lot of people all the time. Uh, with We do have so many of these breweries that are opening up around the country, close to over 5,000. We're seeing uh, some different breweries running out of, you know, uh, going out of business. Um, we've seen modern times now. Uh, they're talking about, uh, you know, they, they sold 30% of their company to the employees, which is a great thing. Um, do you think we're seeing another craft beer bubble, or do you think that the market can sustain itself? I ju- <laughs> we'll get used to it. Sorry. Um, I, I think at some point, it's there's going to be a little bit of a shakeout. I think the people who aren't the making the best beer number one and aren't doing the you know the the best they can be doing as far as marketing and branding are aren't going to quite last as long as some of the other ones um, because the the number of breweries and beers, especially coming into New York, are outpacing the amount of shelf space right. and tap handles available in the bars. So there's no I don't think there's any way. Um, that everyone's going to last. I think it's going to slow down a little bit. I mean, the, the growth, you know, at the CBC this year, they said the growth has slowed from double digits to single digits. Right. Craft beer itself has only grown about 8% now as compared to, I think it was like 15 uh, a couple of years back. Um, and while there's more breweries opening, the sales aren't 
keeping pace with the number of breweries opening. So, you know, you could, we saw it a little bit last year with a lot of the big guys being down a bunch. You know, a lot of these mm-hmm. big expansion plans have been canceled or right. put on hold because of that, uh, because a lot of people are just taking towards local fresh beer, you know, and all these, the little guys are really the ones that are growing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big guys are kind of taking, taking the hit. But it, it's good to see people just going super local, super fresh with their beer and really supporting their local breweries. Absolutely. And let's, for instance, one of the breweries that you work with, Millhouse. Um, they're a brewery and a restaurant. So yep. obviously they have sustainability in terms of they have a restaurant operation that does really great stuff in terms of food. And then, of course, uh, they have the beer. And obviously they sell some of their beer within the, the, the Hudson Valley area. But, you know, they don't really they're, – they're not looking to expand out everywhere, which I think is a smart thing uh, for some of these guys because they're kind of just keeping it. I was talking with the owner of uh, Wet Ticket Brewing over in Rollway, and people keep asking him, when are you going to do canning? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? I think if you have a good business model in place – stay the course to to start jumping into 15 20 different things at the end of the day the bottom line is you got to make good beer if the people are coming in and they're buying your beer the other stuff will take care of itself would you agree absolutely i think um the, the guys who are doing the best right now are the smaller the really small guys mm-hmm. um because they're they're selling they're doing all the, volume out of the yeah out of the tasting rooms you know that's right. where they're making the bulk of their money and then doing these small can releases and that kind of thing it's kind of those mid-level guys that are it's that taking that leap from you know being like two or three thousand barrels to get into that like ten thousand range where it's being becoming really really tough. Right. Um, these regional is like maybe the the highest goal you could possibly have if you're opening a brewery now because to become like a big national brewery, I, I feel like it's in this day and age, it's man, it's, it's almost, tough to do it on your own. It's very very tough. You got to have a lot of money right. uh, behind you to do that. Um, but again, I, I love that local is is the thing now. Right. It's and great. I think I think that's why you know I know there's this big fight between local beer and and these other breweries that become that mid-level and then end up selling out to InBev or Miller Coors, I think there's this this big argument back and forth. To me, like Blue Point, the beer is still the same. Maybe you don't want to support InBev, and I get that part of it. But if you're a fan of the particular beer, you're going to continue to drink that beer. Uh, you know, it's it's almost the same thing. I, I guess is uh, you know. People who have always been a Budweiser or Coors Light fan, it's very difficult to get people out of their habits. If you're one particular, you know, if, if, if all you want to drink is local fresh beer, okay, I don't have a problem with that. But if you're going to be one of these guys uh, like me, I bounce around to all different because I want to try all these different things. Uh, maybe, maybe it means, okay, I'm supporting the, the, the big gun. But at the end of the day, I want to have variety. I don't want to just drink the same thing over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of those old school, the Bud, the, I just drink Bud, those, that generation is sort of, you know, slowly dying off. Right. Um, and that's why AB and Bev is buying these these younger, hipper breweries, because they're literally buying the culture, and they've just come out and said that. You know, they, these breweries have this local culture uh, that, that we don't have, and so right. that's where they're spending their money, literally, to buy that culture. We're talking with Jay Wolf. He works for a bunch of different breweries in the Hudson Valley up in New York. DrinkHV.com. That's DrinkHV.com is the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Jay, in your opinion... The biggest misconception about craft beer that people who don't drink craft have? That it's all high alcohol for some reason. Okay. I, I do a lot of uh, like demos and tastings in stores, mm-hmm. and uh, people will come over and be like, oh, I can't drink that stuff. I'll be drunk in like one beer. I'm like, no, there's, there's so many different options. Right. Like, I could give you like a Lambic that's like 3% alcohol, and you, you might like it. You know, your, your 60-year-old wife might like it because it kind of tastes like wine a little bit. Right, you know? right. And there's such a broad spectrum of stuff. They think that every every craft beer is super heavy or or it's all dark beer. They, they seem right. to think. <laughs> that, you're right. That's another common or, or misconception. Like, I don't drink that Guinness stuff. 
like like what what are you talking about and sometimes i'll i'll jump in and try and change their mind and be like Come here. You like Miller Lite? Here's a Pilsner. This is the same kind of beer that you like. In fact, uh, we were just talking to, your, to, to, uh, to Joe, Joe Piscopo. That's right. And, and he was saying about how he drinks Miller Lite because it's lighter and whatever. And I think that's the thing. My, my last question here for this segment, and then we're gonna Jay's going to stick around and do the Suds and Duds segment with me a little bit later on in the program. Um, the, the next big trend of beers. We've had IPAs. Uh, sours have been a big thing uh, over the last, say, I would say six to ten months. Um do you think, because everybody is craving, I, I want to drink a craft beer, but it's too many calories. Do you think the next big thing is these low calories? Somebody's going to come up with a low-calorie beer I that's think, craft? Yeah, I think I think the light beer trend. I mean, craft beer is, we've been so creative in this field that it's come all the way around, and we're now making essentially Bud Light Lime. You know, there's a lot of brews making these, like, light Mexican lagers with lime. Right. Like we're making lime maritas now. Like, that's how yeah. far around it's come. Right. Um, but I do think light light craft beer is going to be the thing because we've seen, like, last year IPAs and we had session IPAs, which are lower alcohol. Now this year everyone's, you know, saying they're, the Pilsners are the new style. Again, because they want lighter, less, more drinkable, you know, Northeast-style IPAs are less bitter, you know, still mm-hmm. IPAs, but more drinkable so you can drink some more of those. And I do think light craft beer is going to be a thing. You know, Sam Adams Light was around a few sure. years back. It didn't really do much. I thought it was the best light beer I've ever had in my life. You know, I felt like I could drink more of those than oh, I could man. regular Sam Adams. And Absolutely. I, for me, it tasted like Sam Adams, which mm-hmm. was cool because I would be DJing and working and for an eight-hour shift in the in a bar, and I would just pound like twelve. Right, but you don't want to like, get right, and you don't want to get too yeah, screwed up. But I, I there totally are that. yeah, some breweries are making and just straight up calling it a light beer. I know Empire from upstate New York makes Skinny Atlas Light, uh, and there's a couple other examples, and I think that might be the thing. It may take till next year, um, but. Um, my friend Tommy Keegan up at Keegan Ales in Kingston, he made a beer just for the brewery. They make um, a nice light golden ale called uh, Old Capital, okay. and he has a dart league on Monday nights. A you know, bunch of older crowd comes in, and they mm-hmm. drink the Old Cap, and they're okay with it. And he, they said, yeah, we can make something lighter. So he made a light version of it that they just serve in the brewery, and these guys crush the beer, and it's you know Old Cap light, and he just makes it. And I'm like, you should can this, man, and just throw it out there. It's cheap to make. It's super light, and who knows? Like that, I do think... For real, that that's going to be the next thing. All right. We're talking with Jay Wolf. He works for a bunch of different breweries in the Hudson Valley in uh, New York. DrinkHV.com is his website for more information. Uh, Jay is actually going to join us in our final segment of the program. We're going to do some suds and duds. He's brought some uh, beers from the Hudson Valley, and we're going to taste them uh, live on the air. And we'll I'll let you know if they're a sud or if they're a dud. Jay, thanks so much for joining me for this segment. We'll see you in a little bit. Thank you. You got it. When we come back, Ben Clark, the brewmaster for Flying Dog Brewery, will join me. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. This summer, Commentary Magazine published a forum on the question, is free speech under threat in the United States? Ironically, in a country where the Constitution and the courts carefully protect free speech, many people do not feel free to speak freely. Why? Because of a smothering blanket of political correctness that starts in our colleges and permeates our society. Speakers with points of view that differ from the liberal orthodoxy are not welcome on many campuses, and in some cases, they've been subject to threats and violence. Students are supposed to be protected from so-called trigger words and microaggressions in the classroom. So much for free speech and the open debate of competing ideas. The problem is that the First Amendment protects free speech from limitations by government, but the big challenges to free speech come from our culture and our campuses. It will take a strong fight to protect free speech, which is clearly under threat. I'm David Davenport. Learn more at townhallreview.com. 
just looked quickly to see who was texting me. I never text and drive. I was just changing my music. My, my eyes never left the road, I swear. He was just there. He came out of nowhere in the middle of the block. Is he going to be okay? Drivers and pedestrians, see and be seen. The instant you stop paying attention could be the instant you'll always regret. A message from the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee and the New York State Departments of Health and Transportation. Hey, this is Michael Riedel of the New York Post. Now, don't miss my show every Saturday morning, 9 o'clock on the town, brought to you by Hello, Dolly, winner of four Tony Awards, including Best Revival of a Musical and Best Actress in a Musical, Great Bette Midler. The New York Times says everything Bette Midler does stops the show. NPR calls it the best show of the year. Get tickets at HelloDollyOnBroadway.com. That's HelloDollyOnBroadway.com. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. And don't forget, Google Play and iTunes, just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to every single program right from those two social media platforms. Now, my guest on the cast here, he's the brewmaster for Flying Dog Brewery out of Frederick, Maryland. Uh, You've heard me talking about them before. They're making some excellent brews, and if you live in the Maryland area, you really need to try them out. FlyingDogBrewery.com is the website for more information. And let me welcome in Ben Clark to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Ben, welcome. Hey, Al. Thanks for having me. You got it. Now, let me let me be sure I have this correct. You started out, Ben, home brewing back in 2004 based on a challenge from your grandfather. Take me through that journey, how you got started. Yeah, uh, he was he was a winemaker, and, you know, I just kind of helped him out even as a kid. Down in the basement, he would back sweeten his wine before Thanksgiving usually, and then we'd drink the wine for Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas, and he'd always give me a couple little nips down. Down in the basement, that would be all I, I would have. You know, mm-hmm. grandmother wouldn't let me have anything upstairs with the family. And, you know, as I kind of got got up to age there where I was off to college, I was kind of helping him a little more when he'd have stuck fermentations and things like that. Right. And I asked him, uh, you know, was there ever a time where he tried brewing? He said, yes. Yeah, you know, it's just something I couldn't figure out. It was too difficult. I stuck with wine. So I kind of just took that as a personal challenge and, and rolled with it. And, of course, as soon as that first batch finished, Took it over to him for his approval. He didn't like it. Mm. Grandmother liked it. And, uh, you know, I just kept kept trying until I got a batch that he liked. It was probably the third or fourth batch. And uh, I don't know. The rest is kind of history, as they say. That's very cool. So what is it? So then let me ask you, Ben, uh, And I, 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 do you use, obviously, helping your grandfather with the wine, have you picked up any tips from making the wine with your grandfather into uh, incorporating it into brewing the beer? Uh, to be honest, probably not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It was it was really such a small scale, and he was kind of doing all of the uh, you know the wine making up front. I was just kind of helping him on the back end. Okay. The only thing really that I that I learned from that was how to deal with some stuff fermentations and stuff kind of early on in my my home brewing days. How I could you know kind of help him out and what that taught me to uh, 
to translate over into the beer side because the yeast the yeast is pretty much the same. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, what's a typical day for you like at the brewery, Ben? Oh man, it's uh, well. I kind of oversee everything from incoming grain until the beer is just about to go into a package. So you can imagine it's it's carbonated and everything. It's kind of ready to go. So, um, luckily, I've got a a great support team around me that takes care of like inventory management and all the labor scheduling and right. kind of even some of the, uh, <laughs> some of the, the more hands-on stuff with the, with the team on the floor. So that frees me up for research and development, recipe formulation, kind of getting off site a uh, fair amount to work with some of our local partners and suppliers, things like that. So I'd say a good 50% of my time uh, surrounds recipe development and things like that. The rest of the time, it's just the, the nuts and bolts of uh, maintenance meetings and, uh, you know, things things like that, quality meetings to just ensure that the beer that we're putting out is the best that possibly can be. We're talking with Ben Clark, the brewmaster for Flying Dog Brewery, located in Frederick, Maryland, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, flyingdogbrewery.com. That's the website for more information. So let's talk about this 12-pack that's out on the shelves, Ben, called Blenders. These beers are mixes of some of your styles. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So traditionally, whenever you're, uh, you know, formulating a recipe, you kind of think about what you want the beer to taste like, look like, smell like, maybe you feel like a little bit, and you throw your ingredients together that way, brew a couple pilot batches, and make tweaks as you go until you've got a final process. That, that or final product, that process will take nine to 12 months usually mm-hmm. for like a full-time release beer. In this case, we are literally taking finished beers that we have blended together and essentially making a new product with it. And that that recipe development is quite simple in the fact that you just kind of go to the tasting room and you blend these beers at different ratios until you find something that you feel like is, uh, is a nice marriage. It's something that started here at the brewery. I've been here almost 11 years now. And when we started working the overnight shift where the guys were getting off, say, around 7 in the morning, mm. they would they would always have a beer or two. We called them the breakfast club. When we'd be walking into the brewery in the morning, they're all there kind of finishing up their night, having a beer. Right. And one of their favorites was a blend of our Road Dog Porter with Raging Bitch, okay. our Belgian IPA, and they right. called that Road Rage. And then the thing just kind of started evolving where I think half of it was what tasted good and half of it what kind of crazy name could you come up with. <laughs> and I think with some of the beer names that we have, it lent, lent itself to a lot of experimentation. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a throwback to that and all of the things that we've kind of played with. Uh, the one beer in the pack, the True Blood, mm-hmm. which is what we're calling the Blood Orange Imperial IPA. It's mm-hmm. a blend of uh, truth and bloodline. That is probably the go-to favorite of the brewers now. So if any of these three are kind of like the brewer's beer in the blend pack, that would be it. That's very cool because I've, I've had that, and it's and it's really – it's actually – it's very good. And I'm, I'm not – I wasn't the biggest Blood Orange fan because everybody – you know how the, all the different <laughs> you know new things that come out, everybody's like, all right, we have to – everything has to have coriander in it or everything has to have you know this fruit in it. But the Blood Orange kind of grew on me a little bit because it's a little bit of a different taste than you would get from a regular orange. So definitely I enjoyed that uh, a lot. We're talking with Ben Clark, the brewmaster for Flying Dog Brewery, located in Frederick, Maryland, here right here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, flyingdogbrewery.com, is the website for more information. And, Ben, you know, you've been with the brewery for a while. You've been dealing with, uh, you know, with different types of beers. And obviously 
uh, when you go out, you're sampling, you know, other people's wares, trying to figure out tastes and things of that nature. We've got so many breweries that are opening up around the country. Got over 5,000. The market is expanding like you wouldn't believe. Uh, do you think that we are seeing a craft beer bubble, or can the market sustain itself at its current rate of expansion? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit insulated from it, and the fact that I get a lot of free beer here at the brewery. So um, while while I have gone out and visited a lot of local breweries, gosh, I think we're in the we've got maybe sixty some breweries now yep. in the state of Maryland. When you know we had a handful back when I kind of got into the industry, I think it's great from the standpoint of people get choice there's all kinds of beers that you can that you can try out there. right sure um the the concern that i have is basically quality so mm-hmm. if you've got if you've got guys out there that aren't putting out quality beer it can kind of hurt hurt everyone sure um you know there there's certain there's certain brands that certainly have a following mm-hmm. and i think they'll be okay but are we approaching a bubble yeah possibly uh you've got a couple breweries opening opening up every day right. are there are there markets for that? Yeah, if it's a small neighborhood type setup, sure. Regional breweries, probably not. No, I, that I would agree with you on because I think those mid-level ones, I think that are not putting out consistently good beer, are going to have problems, uh, you know, moving forward. Because obviously, if they're not putting out a good product, people are going to start, you know, st- or going to stop buying them in droves, and you know, eventually, you're going to have a problem with uh, with cash flow and you know, paying your employees, and obviously, uh, as well as getting your product out there. Ben, in your opinion. What is the biggest misconception about craft beer that people who don't drink craft beer have? Well, I suppose it would it would relate to flavor, probably alcohol or bitterness or some combination of of all of those. Um, you know, usually you hear like the oh, I don't drink dark beer type mm-hmm. of thing, like all craft beer is dark, or I don't drink bitter beer. I have a cousin who uh, he, he does drink. I've turned him on to our. Uh, Numero Uno, which is just a you know a light Mexican lager sure. with a little bit of uh, lime. He loves that. Actually, I've got I've got he's heading to the beach tomorrow, so I'm I'm handing a case of that off to him <laughs> tonight. But the Snake Dog, which is actually the other side of that blend, he will not touch, and it's the bitterness that you know that he can't he can't kind of handle yet. And I'm I'm working on him with that one a little bit. Right. But I think I think it's it's something along the lines of the color, hmm. the bitterness. In the flavor, and, and and okay, so when you when you get to somebody like that, like your cousin uh, per se, let's say yeah. he's uh, just a regular, you know, just a regular type of beer drinker. He drinks Corona, he drinks Coors Light, he drinks but how how do you turn how do you turn him into? I mean, I, not to say a craft beer lover, but to say, hey, why don't you try this? It's comparable to this. I mean, is do you think that sometimes the the craft beer industry maybe needs to do that a little bit more to kind of educate those people? I mean, you're never going to turn. I have friends. You know, they're they're bud drinkers or they're Michelob Ultra drinkers. You know, it doesn't matter what you give them. That's the only thing they're going to drink. But maybe there's a way in craft beer you can kind of say, hey, if you like this, you're going to really enjoy this because it's similar. I mean, is there a way that we can do that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's I call them gateway beers. There's right. certainly beers that we have in our portfolio. It's so much fun trying to, you know, if you, if you could just get it into their hand and have them drink it right. the first time. And then if you can get them, get them to drink it maybe that second time, you'll start to turn them um I even have there's there's a couple uh, ladies here at the brewery front of front of house and there's one in particular that she couldn't drink any of the beer she's a wine she's all about wine okay and we've got her to the point now where she's drinking truth so which is oh. like our imperial IPA wow so, like, this doesn't even taste bitter anymore and it's just I don't know it's a slow progression 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also had a couple people that I've tried to convert over, even you know, to what I feel is like one of our lightest beers, and they're just my neighbor is one. And I, I mean, I've been working on him for three years, oh, and wow. I've got him, I've got him to Rattlers, but that's as far as I've been able to go. Wow. See, so. but I mean, it, you know, sometimes listen, and maybe it's a painful process, but don't you think after a while, hey, you might get used to something else than just you know drinking that same, you know, I I call it swill, you know, all the time when somebody hands me something like that. I just go, yeah, you know what? I, I can't, please. I'd rather drink water because at this point, <laughs> what's the point? My guest has been Ben Clark, the brewmaster for Flying Dog Brewery. They're located in Frederick, Maryland. Flyingdogbrewery.com is the website for more information. Ben, thank you so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, Al. I appreciate it. You got it. When we come back, suds and duds. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Kevin McCullough tells you what you need to know about Donald Trump Jr.'s email release. The guy that set up the meeting never offered any proof to Don Jr. that this was, in fact, from the Russian government. Whether or not he met with somebody that had negative information about Hillary Clinton, that's normal in politics. Kevin McCullough Radio, weeknights at 5 on AM 970. The Answer. This is Ray Zardetto of the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce. 2017 is the centennial anniversary of Fort Dix, one of the most iconic military installations in the United States. And this is Paul Rotella of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. Fort Dix is now part of Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst, the only military base in the United States jointly run by the Air Force, Army, and Navy. The Fort Dix centennial is a perfect time to remember what the Joint Base contributes to our state. The Joint Base has moved more than 1 million people and 620,000 tons of cargo around the world. And the Joint Base has trained more than 700,000 people from all military branches as well as government agencies. And after Superstorm Sandy, the Joint Base supported hard-hit communities and more than 100 relief agencies. The New Jersey Chamber of Commerce will celebrate the Fort Dix Centennial on Thursday evening, October 26th at the Park Chateau Estate in East Brunswick. If you'd like to join us, go to njchamber.com or call the NJ Chamber at 609-989-7888. This message sponsored by the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. For the last decade, it's been called the greatest libertarian show on earth. This year will be no different. Attended by the most brilliant conservative minds today, join us for Freedom Fest, July 19th through the 22nd at the Paris Resort in Las Vegas. This year, come hear the likes of Craig Gutfeld from Fox News, actor William Shatner, and SRN's very own Larry Elder and Michael Medved. Register now at FreedomFest.com and save $100 by using the code REASON100 at FreedomFest.com. Listen to Joe Piscopo in the morning, weekdays at 6, Mike Gallagher at 10, on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. Final segment of the program. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert at NYCRadio.com iTunes and Google Play, just do a search, AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single show. A little except there, they're coming back to town. I believe it's next year. They're already putting tickets out already. Go figure. But Udo had to do that for uh, for a year to play his greatest hits, and then now he's doing just his solo stuff. So who knows? It's all a mess. He's not even singing with Accept anymore. And in fact, he left the band in like the late 80s, which baffled me. I, uh, go figure. I mean... 
I'm usually the music guru, and I had no idea that he had left the band that long ago. But uh, Jay Wolf is joining me in the studio. He works for a bunch of different breweries in the Hudson Valley. DrinkHV.com is his website for more information, and you can check out all the happenings that's going on in the Hudson Valley. But Jay is joining me for the Suds and Duds segment because he was nice enough to come in studio earlier in the week and bring some beers up uh, for us to try. A lot of stuff that I've not had before. So first up here... I believe I have this one on the left. This is the Kolsch, I believe. Who is this from? So this is Millhouse Brewing Company from Poughkeepsie. This is our cold one. It's our uh, flagship Kolsch, just a nice uh, nice German ale. Gets mm-hmm. uh, lagered like a lager does. That's that weird uh, Kolsch thing. Okay. Just a really easy drinker. It's uh, nice and malty. We, we like to say it's not your dad's lawnmower beer. It's no, nice, it's not. light yellow but beer. But it, yep. it is nice and light. I like the flavor. Uh, definitely reminiscent of a, of a German, German type beer. This is really nice and easy drinking. Yeah, 4 7. Mm. Four seven is good for me. I like Absolutely. that. All right. Uh, so then, uh, let's see that that one, folks. I will definitely uh, consider a suds. Now, Millhouse. When did they start uh, brewing? Millhouse started in November two thousand thirteen. We have a full restaurant uh, right in downtown Poughkeepsie, up in the Hudson Valley, and we uh, we started off with a small system in attached to the restaurant, mm. and we also recently just opened a full production brewery last year. Things have been going so well, and now we distribute. Uh, all the way out to Buffalo, Rochester, oh, a nice. lot of New York State, almost all New York State's covered now, and then uh, coming soon to uh, New York City and Long Island. Very cool. Now, are they specifically a canning operation? I know they do growlers and stuff, but are they doing any bottles or just cans for right no, now? No, we, we bought a canning line, so we do the, both the cold one, Kolsch, and then the cucumber blessings, which you're going to try next, 16-ounce okay. uh, cans, four packs. Nice. Um, you can find those all, all over the place, and like I said, soon in, in the city and Long Island. And canning seems to be the big thing for a lot of people. It uh, reduces the carbon footprint. and uh, you know, I know people have a lot of issues with canning these days, but obviously they've improved Improved uh, the cans from you know the seventies. There's no aluminum leaching into the beers. Yeah, that's that's another, another thing that uh, the old timers are like. Ah, some of them are, are anti cans, right? Like, right. Uh, I'd have a bottle. I, I, hate, I hate beer in cans. Right. Only in bottles. So now uh, up next here on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, Jay Wolf, working for a bunch of different breweries right now for Millhouse. Uh, he's in the Hudson Valley. Uh, DrinkHV.com is his website for more information. So what's this one we're going to try here? So this is a uh, cucumber blessings. This is our cucumber cream ale. Uh, real cucumber in there. It's just a nice light oh, cream yeah. ale, uh, five point two percent. And it just uh, if you like cucumber, you, you're gonna love this beer. Just it, uh, I like to sell it to the to the ladies. Like you, you know when you go to the spa and they got the big vat of yes. like icy cold water with cucumbers in it. This is interesting to me. Uh, <laughs> I've had cucumber uh, beer before, and I believe I had this one when I was up at uh, in Saugerties last year. Uh, and I've had one from Muskoga, and Muskoga's one I didn't really like. Coolest cuke was not a big fan of this. This one isn't bad. I, I don't know if I would call it a suds because I don't know. I I don't know if I could have more than one of these. <laughs> That's right. Because it's a weird. T- it's a weird taste to wrap your head around. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cucumber and a beer. It's a. There's not a lot of them out there. There are definitely a lot more being made this year as opposed to last year. Right. We were like last year. A lot of people's minds were blown, but it's uh, it's selling like crazy up it, there. People almost, either kind of love it or don't like it. Yeah, at all. it's can't you know wrap what. Their it's almost like I hate to say this, like a liquid salad. It feels <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah. eating a salad, but in liquid that's, form. That's that's not a that's not a bad mm. thing. It's kind of like what it tastes like. Yeah, not bad, not bad. I mean, I don't know if I would have <laughs> I would have more than one of those, but that it, that is not bad. I still wouldn't consider it a suds, though. Sorry, folks. Sorry. No uh, worries. I, I appreciate the honesty. I don't want I don't want people to think you're swayed by me being here. Right? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're gonna be trying uh, two beers next. Uh, this coming from Adirondack Brewery here on the Suds and Duds segment on uh, the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So we've got a lot of foam in each, but the one cup in my left, I believe this is uh, this is the – is that the tangerine? Wait a minute. You smell it, you'll know right no, away. No, that's not the tangerine. Let me see. What is the tangerine? 
I think that one's a tangerine. I'm not sure. But anyway, I'm going to go with this cup in my left yeah, hand. Yeah, we're so drinking we'll out of it. like 12-ounce like bodega coffee cups. Right. <laughs> not quite the optimal. <laughs> no. Not proper and, glassware. And full disclosure, folks, there's only a very little bit of beer here in the cup. I'm not going to be irresponsible and, uh, you know, and drink a full beer here on the air. But uh, first up, what do we got? So uh, if you're drinking the tangerine, this is going to be our tangerine summer dream from, uh, from Lake George. Okay. Straight up uh, right in the village of Lake George. Um, Adirondack Brewery has been up there since 1999. Again, full restaurant there. Uh, we have a full production brewery. We actually make a lot of other beers for other breweries. Uh, we're expanding. We have a new distillery coming up. But this is our summer seasonal. It's one of our best-selling seasonals. Um, just nice and light. <laughs> All right. No, because I'm trying to figure out which one was well, the one's going to be a malty amber with a little bit of a All right. That's the malti amber is okay. the one I just there you said. Go. That's All right, the very naked. All right. Let me get the, let me get the tangerine here again. <laughs> so it's, it's not overly sweet. It should have a big tangerine nose when you're not drinking out of a weird Yeah, it's not bad. That's actually pretty cup. good. Yeah. I, I actually like this, and I'm a big fan of tangerine. This is pretty good. This is, yes. this is definitely something I could sip right on. Uh, yeah. you know, in the backyard on a summer's night. This Absolutely. is perfect. That's what it's designed for. A nice uh, fresh tangerine peel in there. We've got some El Dorado, Lemon Drop, Apollo, Bravo Hops, kind of balance out the sweetness. Just a touch of bitterness. And what kind of, uh, what, what kind of uh, beer would this be? It's just an ale. Just, just a nice an light ale. Yep. Okay. Yeah, about mm. 4.7 on that Interesting. one. Interesting. That one I like, the tangerine from Adirondack. Right and then we have the... The next one's going to be our Bare Naked Amber. It's, okay. uh, this is our flagship beer. We sell the most of this one, then all the rest. Uh, 5.2 on this one. Just a nice malty amber ale. It's got a little bit of a hop to it, a little more than your average amber as well. Hmm. Yeah, I do get the, a lot of malt. Yep. There's a lot of malt in yeah, this one. Yeah, it's a nice, nice rich, rich malty beer, but then balanced out with a little bit of a hop too. Nice. More, more so than your, your average amber. Not bad too. So Adirondack, now where, where are these guys, lo- uh, obviously in, in the Adirondack area, but where are they Lake located? George. Lake George. Yep, right on Canada Street, right at the bottom of the lake. We're a huge tourist spot up there. We're, we're one of the few places even open year-round up there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, very we, cool. we do a lot of awesome festivals. Uh, we do a festival of barrels in the wintertime outside. Uh, we invite all the breweries to come up from all over the state, and we do a barrel-aged big, big beer festival outside with a huge bonfire. Uh, and we kind of launched that after winning the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, we won the gold for Barrel Age Sour last year. So oh, our, okay. Our okay. sour program is really starting to uh, to come to fruition. And and sour is with sours. Is it really like a particular taste that people just have to get into? I I find myself liking sours more now than I did uh, a year ago. And I'm wondering if it's just an, an acquired taste, or you have to kind of get used to them. Yeah, it's. I'm not a huge sour guy myself. I am starting to like some of them a little more, but I like the more mild sours, like you know your Berliner Weisses, uh, like mm-hmm. a nice ice cold Goza every now and again, right. with a little sea salt and the coriander. Uh, but some of the big, like you know the big, the ones that use like lactobacillus that are just super like pucker you up. That's not quite for me. But. Yeah, that's definitely not something for me. So, um, all right, we've got time for maybe. Let's see. We've probably got time for about one or two more beers. So, what do you think? What do you what do you think in there in the uh, in the right. bucket of love? Let's I like see what else they got in here. As uh, we talk with Jay Wolf, he works for a bunch of different breweries in the Hudson Valley. Drinkhv.com is the website is his website for more information. And uh, we're here on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, and uh, he's got this beautiful looking silver with a little light blue can. I believe this is one of the ones that you got back from Maine. Is yeah, since I know you did some Chatham last week, I don't right. want to give you the same beer again, but I brought this just as a gift for you. Oh, well, thank you. Know, you. I hate to promote other breweries. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Listen. It's, all, it's all pretty much all love at uh, the craft beer business. But right. um, So this is uh, Bissell Brothers. This is the hottest brewery up in uh, Portland, Maine. Okay. I was just there this weekend. This is uber fresh. And uh, they're, again, kind of like this, you know, the buzz brewery. You know, they're kind of like other half here in New York where people are lined up Oh yeah, the other yeah. half had a release uh, last weekend, yeah. and people were lining up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, this, uh, these you know, guys the tr- are, are that they, for Portland, Maine. See, to me, I, that's one of the things that I don't understand. I don't get lining up at a brewery for a, for a can release the night before. I mean, look, they're it, 
I get that the beer is good, and it's one of the reasons why I think Carton Brewing does such a great job in New Jersey of putting out their beers. They don't promote the fact that they've got a beer coming out uh, three days from now, a week from now, whatever. The day the brew the beer is released, that's when they tell you it's on sale, and people go, and there's there's no crazy lines, there's no people fighting over one another. I mean, I know there's bottle exchanges and stuff uh, that go on, but to me, uh, I. I I don't know. I, I can't see myself. And maybe because I'm older and I've got a kid and I've got family, I just can't see myself sitting on a line for eight hours to get the latest beer. Yeah, there's so much good beer out there now. There's no reason to wait in line for right. there's. And while I was in Portland, Maine, there there were a handful of great breweries. There were all the rest of them were good. There were there were none where I was like, wow, this stuff's really bad. Where right. I was pouring out stuff or leaving stuff in my flights. But you know, there were there were three or four breweries that I thought up there were making beer just as good as Bissell Brothers. So and and again, I have no patience, and I'm not I'm not going to stand in line for an hour or whatever, two hours for a beer where I could just go pick up at, at the local store. There's so much right. awesome fresh beer, especially these IPAs out there now that you can just go get them anywhere. And right, I, I don't, well, I get it's like Vermont with Hetty Topper. Everybody goes nuts over Hetty Topper, and now Hetty Topper seems to be now expanding or whatever. So you know what? I didn't have to drive. Eight hours yeah. to go get a heady topper. I could go and you know, and I could find it if I you know do a little searching. So. Yeah, you, you sip a sunshine from Lawson's just came into New right. York. So like, it, there's, I think they're the line thing is going to start dying off. All right, soon so let me let's. Uh, what's the name of this? This again? is a substance ale. This is an IPA. This is their flagship. This one they pretty much have regularly. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's That's, a good beer. Man, that almost it's it's like a juice bomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very very heavy citrus. I love it. See. To me now, I'm getting more into the IPAs that are more like juice bombs. I want that little bitter bite, uh, and I do like a good bitter beer. I like my double IPAs. But this is one of those, uh, man, I could sit yeah. at a concert. I could have a few of these before I head in. This yeah. is perfect. Wow, so this thing. is really good. This, this style of IPA, this, you know, the super cloudy, mm-hmm. you know, juicy IPAs now, everyone's into them, but everyone's making them, and just about everyone is making them pretty well. Uh, right. And, and like I said, I had three or four beers in uh, in Maine that were just as good as this, and there was no waiting in line. But I also, you know, we were talking about variety before. Mm-hmm. I also been, went to a few breweries while I was there where they had three or four IPAs, and that's it, and they all tasted alike. Right. So that's, that, again, yeah, just goes back to, like, you could just go have this almost exact same beer with yeah. the same hops and the same profile pretty much anywhere. I, so. I want I want some variation. And, you know, like, I, I think that is the new trend now in IPAs. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to do this juice bomb and kind of really, you know, knock yourself out of the park. But that is... Fantastic from Maine. The su- what's the name of that again? That's the- it's called the Substance from Bissell Substance. Brothers. Yep. Bissell Brothers. Wow, good stuff. Well, Jay, you can listen, send, me a, send me a check, Bissell Brothers. For the you, you got it. Now, listen, we are out of time. Uh, it is amazing how fast this hour goes. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Ben Clark, the brewmaster from Flying Dog, Jay Wolf for uh, coming in uh, and bringing the beers and the interview. Uh, thank you so much. This was My great. Pleasure. I'm so glad you were able yeah. to stick around Everybody, for the Sunset uh, Yeah, come on, come on upstate. Hop on the train. Head up to the Hudson Valley. We've got so many great breweries. We have a Hudson Valley Craft Beer Week coming up in the beginning of September. Uh, just come up and visit, man. Chatham, Millhouse. we got tons of great breweries up there, and it's an amazing scene. Check out drinkhv.com. We have the full list of uh, all the tasting rooms, where they're at, their times and hours, Check out the website, and we also put out a full list of, of events going on every week, too. We put that out every Thursday. So you're looking for something to do, a nice little weekend getaway, either hop on the train or drive upstate and uh, come check out the breweries of the Hudson Valley. You heard it from the man himself, Jay Wolf. Jay, thanks so much. And, of course, I have to thank, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.